Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, guess what? We've been nominated for an award, the National Comedy Awards to be specific. It's through Channel 4 and it's all in support of Stand Up to Cancer. You can vote from anywhere in the world and your vote would mean the world to us. So please go to thenationalcomedyawards.com and you can vote anytime before November 4th. That's 2021 if you're listening to this in the distant dystopian future. Thanks so much and we love you. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... You guys have a lot of excuses not to be with someone. <laughs> I like how Izzy is quizzing us back. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a bit sexist because that's the time. That man that went in before me had a bad poop. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode. She is a writer, comedian, and producer. It's Izzy Mant. Izzy, Hello. welcome. How are you, Izzy? I'm well, thank you. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. I love solving crimes and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're on some G&Ts tonight, I understand. I am, yes. I'm Excellent. on g number two right now. I thought I'd get okay. started before we get started. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, do you do, I didn't catch it, are you a cucumber garnish? Are you a lime? Are you a rosemary? I would normally be a cucumber, oh. but cucumber goes off very quickly, doesn't it? Oh. So it, if I've actually got cucumber in my G&T, that's a sign I've really got my life together and I've got all the things I need. Oh, wow. But today it's a lime, so make of that it's what you a... will. Oh, man, that's like me, but with dry shampoo. 
Yeah, my lime is your dry shampoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always kick off the podcast by asking our guest the following question. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Yes. And the crime I'm going to tell you about is actually, it's quite an ordinary crime. Um, quite a boring crime in a way. It's mm. just, I'll tell you what it is. It's okay. just a basic, uh, your basic street robbery involving oh, wow. teenage, teenagers on bicycles. <gasps> I mean, it's a normal, it's very normal crime. But what's interesting about it was the context of it. Okay. Um, so the timing of it really. So I was with my boyfriend at the time, this was a long time ago. I was in my late 20s I think that's relevant to the story (laughs) we were staying with my parents in Brighton and he said one evening let's I just want to take you out for a drink what's like the second best hotel in Brighton Uh, (laughs) because he didn't want to spend that much money and go to the grand (laughs) he's up front about it (laughs) (laughs) and um, uh, it was a bit it was a bit weird, like there were drinks at my parents' house and it wasn't right. going up. It was just going for a drink. I didn't really understand what it was all uh. about. But we had a nice evening and we just sort of chatted and had a couple of drinks and then left the hotel bar and walked back to my parents. Yeah. During this walk, this street robbery took place. But I, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you guys to guess because... Ooh. You know, you're not the only people who can get yeah. people to She's guess us back. things about crimes. <laughs> I knew this day would what, come. <laughs> what had just happened when some kids on bicycles took my handbag out of my hand? Oh, God. What do you think? Um, they, they took your handbag out of your hand? Yeah, but what had just happened? Had he broken up with you? You're exactly wrong. <gasps> it's the oh. opposite. Oh, no, had he, he proposed, proposed to you? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. At the second best hotel in Brighton. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no, he hadn't done it at the hotel. Like, he did it on the street? He'd been too... No, he'd done it on the street. We were standing on a street corner. Was he oh, kneeling? Having, on the he street. Did, no, there was no ring and there was no kneeling, but it was definitely like he'd planned it. Wow. Um, yeah, he was just talking about like what, what a great relationship it was and oh, how much he loved no. me. And I was telling him I loved him too. And so it wasn't a like declamatory is that the word it wasn't a declamatory proposal it was a it was a sort of sweet this is what I would like to do with you but it was still like I realized that that was what the sort of slightly weird pointless drink in the second best hotel I've been about (laughs) (laughs) warm me up for this pointless proposal (laughs) (laughs) but I mean you know bit of a spoiler to this story but I'm not married never been married never and been divorced so so did you get a chance to reply before your bag got taken I think I'd sort of said well here's the thing or something like that <laughs> <laughs> so obviously not a oh yes. my god <laughs> and it was I mean it genuinely wasn't about him he's a lovely lovely guy it's like he's married to somebody else now he's wow. in Australia like it's set there's Aww. no there's, there's no threat here sure. of, like me getting back together with this guy he learned um, to go to the best hotel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got the best hotel. That's what, yeah. the in best Melbourne yeah. hostel in Australia. He refined yeah. his game. You you know yeah. how sometimes you tell a friend that they should call you in the middle of a date if it's not going well. You know you rig up that system. Did you book these <laughs> robbers in case of a proposal? They like, just yeah. This is just a bad omen. So I guess mean, we that can't would get suggest. <laughs> That would suggest that I had any idea that this was going to happen, and I was completely right. wow. I was completely floored by it because really we hadn't been going out that long. How long? I mean, I, I don't know if we'd even moved in together yet at that point. Wow. So I just sort of have this quite strict idea of the order that things happen. Sure. Yeah. So it didn't even occur to me. And it was a really good relationship, so it wasn't like yeah. Or it was just um, yeah. I think at the moment that the kids nicked the bag out of my hand I think I just started saying stuff about like oh my god I just I didn't think at this age I'd be and, and I thought maybe when we've been together longer I oh haven't thought about god. it so could so basically what happened is this mugging saved you from an awkward situation no it made because, it much more awkward because then you were like well we like obviously I can't answer you now I've been mugged <laughs> like, <laughs> No, because what they, they did that classic, like they rode past on their bikes and they whipped my handbag out of my hand. Yeah, mm. I was. It was one of those. I'm holding one of those little handheld handbags yeah. because you know I'd been to the second best hotel in Brighton. No one's too stylish. Sure, that's a clutch fancy. bag. <laughs> and, um, it calls for a clutch. 
<laughs> Thank you, Taylor. It does. Thank you for approving my fashion choices. Absolutely. But, but because they just like whipped out of my hand, they then cycled off up the road and my boyfriend immediately ran after them. Oh, so, why didn't so you what? marry him again? <laughs> Matt, he was in it to win it. Yeah. Could you imagine if he didn't know? <laughs> in my defense, no, not my defense. What's the opposite? His in his prosecution, <laughs> he, <laughs> he thereby left me standing on my own after dark on a street corner in Brighton. Okay, a street corner where we know muggings happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not safe. So, I then went running after him. Oh, like no. he was never going to catch these kids were on bicycles. Yeah. He was never going to catch up with them. So he was running after them. I was running after him. I probably should have. Maybe I could have answered his question whilst running after. Him. Yeah. I just think I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> you seem very nice. <laughs> God, that's such a good point, though, about the fact that this chivalrous thing to do feels like it would be to run after them, try and get your bag back, mm. but. Yeah, you then sort of abandon you on a yeah. street corner on your own yeah. where a crime has just been committed. And and yeah, and then he's not there to comfort you or protect you from the rest of the marauding gangsters. Yeah. Like, God, this is an amazing story, by the way. <laughs> the timing <laughs> is just crazy. It's a really yeah. weird, just one of those things that happens in life. Like, why did that happen right at that moment? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> Yikes. I, I like to think maybe they had some sort of set they could see that we were having like because we were just standing there looking really oh, yeah. maybe they'd, they'd been watching us for a while and they waited for, the for you to be absolutely like stunned because <laughs> yeah. you were distracted this is why like new mums get mugged all the time oh my You're god like, I've just realised something what? what if what if they told him to propose to me to distract what if he was in on it Right, it was a, all, I mean, a, all a heist. Was he like, maybe, let's go to the second best hotel in Brighton and stand pop, right pop there all for your second. valuables. Bit, bit into closer your... to the curb, stand a bit closer to the curb. <laughs> right, I've got a question. <laughs> That's a very elaborate ploy for a guy who had easy access to your bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, Want to do no, the old fashioned way. Wow. Oh, I love the idea of the, the boys on the bikes being like, she's not ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling advice. That would be great too. You have yeah. your whole life ahead of you to commit. You haven't even lived together. <laughs> you haven't tested out the waters of domesticity. You don't truly know someone until you've cohabited. <laughs> you guys have a lot of excuses not to be with someone. <laughs> You just oh. reeled those off. Do you know how many times I've been proposed to? Yeah, Holy shit. I that's a whole rejecting guys every Ooh. second. I've had yeah. to use every single one of these. Every <laughs> trick in the book. Um, Izzy, we would like to ask everyone if you had a chance to confront these people who did it, who are now, how old would they be, do you think? Like oh in their God. 30s well, or something? Yeah. They were right. probably, yeah, they'd be in their 30s, yeah. Okay. So if you had a chance to confront them, ask them a question, tell them something, do something to them, what what would you choose? Oh, my God. I think I'd want them to feel really guilty. <laughs> so I think I would tell them that, like, I, this was the guy I should have married. Ooh. And yes. I just, and, and that it didn't happen because wow. during the time he was chasing after them, he changed his mind and ah. he didn't want to marry me anymore. And I is, don't know. I'm just is, and <laughs> ripping is that here. Actually, what happened, or is that just like what you'd say to them? No, that's not what happened. So, I mean, <laughs> I, did you listen to the story? <laughs> did you get any justice? Did you go to the the police or? Oh, actually, yes. Yeah. So we called the police. They sent a car quite quickly, and so we we did that thing where we got in the car with them. Oh, and, and drove, drove around, around a bit looking oh. for them, but we didn't find them, and that was the end of it. Oh. Was that fun though? I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Same. actually, now I, I really think about it, it wasn't fun. It was really awkward because I'd just been proposed to and said, I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. What You're were you ruining my to? cop car experience. This is such a great story. Can you imagine if you guys had got married and then any time everyone's like, oh, my God, tell us the proposal story. I kind of should have married him just for that story. Just so you could, yeah, like all those like idiots that ask you that question, you could be like, well, actually, it was very traumatic. <laughs> now it's time. 
Drunk women solving crime. Are we ready to tackle some true crime? Yes, please. Yes, please. Guys, this case was actually sent to us by one of our listeners called Dustin Wilmar. Thank you so much, Dustin. And he has a personal connection to this case. He writes... Our family always had stories about my great uncle Bob, but most of them sound like they're 100% bullshit, so I never put any faith into them until I found this picture with my uncle holding a machine gun. Bob was a federal agent for a while and was one of the people assigned to this case as it developed. We will find out what exactly uncle Bob's job was in this case as a federal agent. But your first question is this, the type of crime we're going to discuss reached its peak between 1968 and 1972 in the United States. What crime are we talking about? What type of crime? Oh, so late 60s in America. Yeah, 68 to 72. Is it going to be drugs? Okay. Like, but also, is it civil rights and it shouldn't have been a crime? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. what? Like, a lot happened in that, those few years. Yeah, definitely. Oh. I'm talking in my way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very when, serious I mean, story. federal agent... Oh, 69 was the year of massive riots everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah. And the Vietnam War and stuff? And yeah. they landed on the moon. So did somebody steal the moon, is my guess? <laughs> oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> Dustin, did Uncle Bob... <laughs> Space Federal Air Force I love that mostly he was thinking, Uncle Bob, no, that's bullshit. Uncle Bob didn't save the moon from a robber. I think he did, Dustin. I think he did. (laughs) Sorry, anyone else got a more sensible suggestion? Well, these are all sensible answers. Oh, I've got it. Is it Beatles plagiarism? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, he had the late 60s. That's when you're the monkeys. The crime is plane hijacking. (gasps) Okay. Of course. There were more than 130 American plane hijackings in this four-year stretch of time. It was dubbed the golden age of hijacking. It was a simpler time when hijacking was adorable. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Was one of those planes called Apollo 11? Because (laughs) I still (laughs) am pretty sure this has got something to do with Neil Armstrong. So the hijacker in this case was called Martin McNally, and he was inspired to give hijacking a go when he saw something on the news in 1971. What do you think the news story was? Is it B.D. Cooper or something? Close. <laughs> it's D.B. Cooper, right? D.B. Oh, Cooper. Man. Oh, you pedant. Sorry, Come I, on. I wanted to give someone else because I, I knew that once. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that case, so it... Yeah, it was it was kind of right there. Yeah, the story about D.B. Cooper inspired him, and apparently he said of himself, I laughed very loud and told my friend, that's not a bad way to make some money. But also, surely the news story was like, and we don't know if B.D., D.B., 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 we don't, the news story would have been, we don't know if D.B. Cooper is alive. There was a parachute, someone found a shoe, someone found some money eight years later. How is that an, an emulatable crime? Like, I know. The, the, I know this story. I don't know this story, this D- DB it's, guy. It's the first London Hughes episode. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's the scientific records. Um, okay. <laughs> and, um, but it was this guy, well, there was a, an, uh, we don't know the identity for, for sure of somebody hijacked a plane. There was, Whenever I think about the parachutes, all I can think about is that Father Ted episode where Father Jack saves the drinks trolley. But basically, (laughs) he got them to slow down and he had these parachutes and he had this money. So we don't know the exact... Nobody was looking. We don't know exactly where he dropped. And then years later, they found some money. They never found him, but they also never found a body. And then multiple people claimed to be him. But also, it's... Sorry, it's just weird that, like that you'd watch that on the news and think oh that's a brilliant idea because the conclusion is and he might be dead and he's like well i better copy that guy i guess he just automatically thought like no he outsmarted them he's he's rich okay okay yeah i don't know what we know is that he was very very skint and he really really needed money um but i think that's not a bad way to make some money i think that's the very definition of a bad way but (laughs) martin served in a branch of the u.s military 
Which branch do you think it was? Your choices are Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard. Also, technically now, Space Force. Well, you know what I'm going to say, so <laughs> I'm going to say Space Force. <laughs> what do you Space think, Force. Izzy? I don't know. Marines? Okay. Do you know what? I was leaning towards Marines. Was any of those options Air Force? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Air Force because then he can fly. Okay. Feels too obvious, though. I feel like it might be, yeah. like, obviously I want it to be Space Force, but I think that it could be <laughs> it could be Coast Guard, because I feel like Coast Guard are the kind of the, the shitty ones that get, get tacked. I mean, they're incredible. I love the Coast Guard. I grew up by the sea, but, like, you know, I just suddenly realised, like, oh, Coast Guard's shitty. What I mean is it's, like, <laughs> when you ring 999, you get, like, police, uh, fire, or ambulance, right? You, be- you rarely get given the option of Coast Guard but- until you go, like, it's like ordering off menu. Sure, the Coast Guard. but also so which one of those is the least well paid if he's skint mm. like he's got to be whichever yeah. one doesn't pay properly coast guard can be voluntary a lot of the time i don't know whether it is in america and at that time but yeah a skint um skint ex-military okay the answer is he was in the navy mm. and he was a veteran but he had actually never been on a plane so i don't know how to put those two things together <laughs> How were you a vet? But you've never been on a plane. But he was in the Navy. He didn't have to get... But seriously, he only ever took a boat? (laughs) I walked like a war. possible. Well, yeah, because I'm assuming it during this time, because he's a young guy. But if he was in the Navy, he took the sea route. But every time? Anyway, okay, fine. It's fine. It's absolutely He was fine. in the skint regiment. <laughs> he was in the skint regiment. <laughs> it's a bit like Dennis Bergkamp. I think it's Dennis Bergkamp, uh, the football player, who he's afraid of flying and he won't fly anywhere. So if ever they have a fixture somewhere else in the world, he has to get like a, a boat or a train. Like six weeks ahead of everyone else. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, yeah. No, I know. And I know it's possible. And even and back then, even more common. But there was just something about that where I was like, really? You always took a boat? Anyway, that's just my <laughs> process. So he'd never been on a plane and he had absolutely never used a parachute. But he did his homework. He studied parachuting in the library. Nerd. And basically, he <laughs> spied on various airports in the U.S. to try to clock which one was the softest target. So he landed on Lambert Airport, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. Question, were metal detectors uh, used at this time in airports. I'm gonna guess some airports, but not this one. Okay. Yeah, I think when he did his nerdy stuff in the library, he found out that this one was metal detection free. But yeah. yeah, I think they probably had them by then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like maybe there wasn't there wasn't one there, but I love how long you gave that number at the beginning of like what 1968 to 1972 was it? So like four years of the golden age of hijacking. Surely, like after the first six months, like improve security, guys, just fucking be better. Like the fact they let it go on for four years because there's there hasn't been a hijacking for you know a, a long time really, and like you, yeah, you just kind of think just be better, just like change. Why does it continue to happen? <laughs> That's an interesting point, Hannah, because uh, they did start bringing in metal detectors pretty soon after they realized, wow, these are all happening. This is bad. Um, but they weren't often they would have them, but they wouldn't even use them because they were so afraid of them being an inconvenience to passengers. Oh my god, it's literally like temperature checks anywhere you go now. Like, yeah, or like masks. Yeah. <laughs> it really, yeah, yeah. really is. Like, well, wow. Yeah, yeah. Imagine having them there and just being like, just, you look fine. Just, wow. Um, so he booked a flight from St. Louis using forged military papers. Uh, next question Did he carry any weapons? Ooh. I suppose if he thought there He's... was going to be a metal detector, then no, because he thought he'd get caught before he started. Or is he just allowed a weapon because he's a military guy? Mm. Yeah, he's going to have access to weapons, isn't he, as a military guy? But maybe he chose not to. Did he have a, a dummy weapon? Did mm. he have a gun made of plastic? Because plastics were big in the 60s. They sure were. That's good thinking. Also wouldn't get picked up by a metal detector. Yeah. That's my thinking. Exactly. I've I've shared some 
also, thought, <laughs> thought processes with this guy. The Fisher also, Price. Like, do the AK. Navy, do they have like, do they have water pistols, I guess? I don't know. what. The... <laughs> I really should learn about the military, I guess, because I'm realizing like, like, I know they're the ones on the water. Do they what? have weapons? I guess they have like... When I was a kid in the 80s, we used to fly to America to see my aunties. My mum let my brother pack all his own toys. And he was about three or four years old. And his whole bag was just full of plastic guns. And they wouldn't let it... Like, it went through the little scanning thing. And it just looked like a terrorist. But they were all toy guns. That's all Duncan had put in his um, bag. (laughs) And they said, we can't let you take this on the plane as your hand luggage. And they literally had to post it to my aunt's house. That was the solution. And I know that was the 80s, and we're not talking about the 80s. But because it looked like a gun that you could feasibly hold up a plane with, he wasn't allowed. Oh, they let you post it, though. Wow. They they just confiscated it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of adorable. I've just watched them, like, sort of, you know, when you can't take water or, like, liquids on a plane anymore, and, of course, I forget these things, and I've just watched them, like, pour away, like, perfume and expensive yeah, conditioner, and, yeah, like, yeah. can't believe it's like, if they could send it to me, yes, please. Yeah. Wow, maybe if I'd had a couple of guns in my, uh, <laughs> in my wash bag, then they'd have sent it to me. But uh, maybe they wouldn't do that now. That was the 80s. I mean, that's pre-9-11, so... That's a different mm. ball game again. Well, he he did in fact carry weapons, um, and part of why he chose this airport is because he noticed that they were never using the metal detectors, so he knew they wouldn't pick it up. So he had a sawed-off shotgun, a pistol, and a smoke grenade. Uh, he dressed as a businessman, much like DB Cooper, suit, tie, and sunglasses. Uh, so the plane takes off. McNally goes that- to the. Can yeah, I stop yeah, yeah. you? Where is he hiding this grenade in his business suit? Well, where does any man hide his grenade, Is he? <laughs> Are you just pleased to see me? <laughs> I think this is all in a carry-on bag, like a satchel, okay, like a big yeah. ruck, not rucksack. What's the word I'm looking for? You need Hand luggage. Ones. Hand luggage. But what are those bags called that are round on either end? They were really big. Oh, like a duffel. No, oh, like, like a, a duffel. Like a gym bag. bag. Duffel yeah. is the bag I was looking for. Okay. Duffel. Duffel. Um, well done, Katie, you won the, the bag naming contest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hit me up. Thank you. <laughs> so McNally goes to the bathroom on the plane. What does he do in there? Does he take his bag with him? He does take his bag with him. Good question, detective. Yeah, I like how Izzy is quizzing us back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask about the duffel. This is, this is a two-way street, this episode. This is how you do detective work, isn't it? You grill people. We yeah, unfortunately, know. we don't have the, uh, <laughs> the criminal here, so yeah. I'm going to have to grill the witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's <laughs> Well, they only have one witness, yeah. Katie, and Hannah know as much as I do. Um, <laughs> I kind of... So, Taylor, I really... he takes the bag with him. Yep. Sorry, go on, Katie. Oh, no, I was just going to go route one and say, really, <laughs> you really funny me just... <laughs> I've had wine. He goes there and he has really bad diarrhea because, like, he's really nervous about hijacking a plane. <laughs> and then he has to come back out and go back and do it again. Whatever the like, next phase of the plan is. <laughs> like when you have to do a pre-gig poo if you're, yeah. if you're doing comedy. Yeah. He's got like a bit of IBS. Absolutely. <laughs> he would take his bag with him, wouldn't he? Just like even if he's not prepping for anything, yeah, it's just that you don't want to leave it. it there. Yeah. Yeah. You no, wouldn't want to leave it there. I think we're all in agreement. He's got, he's got the shits. Okay. <laughs> I was um, like, what does he do in there? He does have... I I was really hoping we would end up talking about diarrhea. This is the thing. Like, when I wrote, like, what does he do in the bathroom? Like, I hope somebody says he's diarrhea or he jerks off, because that's where I want to go. <laughs> um, I took the bait, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you just... We don't want to get too, you know... He changes, he changes into a wig, puts on some gloves, and he gets the uh, sawed-off shotgun, which he puts the safety on so that there are no accidents. He comes out, approaches a flight attendant, or as she would have been called then, sugar tits. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, don't hurt anyone. What does McNally say back? 
I want to know more about this wig because mm, I don't know whether he's too. completely changed character <laughs> yeah. and it's a big Dolly Parton wig and he's like, oh, don't worry, sugar. <laughs> has, he, has he dressed as a flight attendant? That oh, would be good if he, yeah, if he was one of the lady flight attendants. He's got the little, the little hat on at a little kooky angle. He's got maybe a beehive because it's the 60s. Oh, I love yeah, it. That would be good. Also, part of yeah. me is thinking that he's done such a smelly shit that that's why he's changed his identity. It's got nothing to do with hijacking. <laughs> The plane. That man that went in before me had a bad poop. <laughs> <laughs> also, I know things are low security back then, but are they really not going to remember? Like, wasn't there a guy in this seat? <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't it a bit late for the... I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I, guessing he wasn't dressing as a woman. He was just dressing... No, no, he was he's just, just a different, his appearance. Yeah. And is it but, just a wig? He's not wearing sunglasses or anything. From what I read, which was an actual like transcript of an interview with him, because ah. um, he's talked about this since, um, to spoiler alert, he survives, but uh, <laughs> just as a wig and gloves. So oh, no gloves? fingerprints. Oh. Yeah, and the rifle. Um, so what what do you think McNally says when um, Sugar Tit says, don't hurt anyone? Oh. This isn't an answer to the question, but I love how casually Air's hostess, whatever the flight attendant is saying, don't it's like she's so used to plane hijacking. Yeah. Her uh, okay, this is one of these, right, yeah. just don't hurt anyone. Oh, not We've again. been briefed on this. And yeah. they have been. I wonder what their yeah. briefing was. Like, what should you do? Probably get given to demands within reason, right? And stay calm. And, I guess Because they so. would have been. They would have had a protocol with all these going on. That wouldn't have been taekwondo. Um, no, why Why teach them? Oh, but you're right. Useful. She has an energy of like, oh, can you not? <laughs> and also don't hurt anyone is interesting. Like if there was any psychological training of like, hey, the, your victims are people. Like we're all, you know, like it's kind of taking the... The focus that these are innocent people, which yeah. could be a good psychological, like maybe that is a sensible route to go when you're mm. held up on one of the normal hijackings that keep yeah. happening. Do your little hijacking, but just keep it in your pants. Yeah. And by that, yeah. I mean your grenade. But maybe he, I don't know, he's gone to the, it feels like he thinks he's a bit of a kind of a badass renegade. So I'm getting a kind mm. of a bit of a toxic energy from th- from him and he thinks he's a bit cool. So maybe yeah. he's going to say something like, I can't promise or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like, because also he, yeah, he's going to be a bit sexist because that's the time. Yeah. So... Maybe he's not even going to negotiate with her, you know, or right. he's not even going to respond to her. He's just going to say, you know, who's the guy in charge who can tell me right. not to hurt anyone? Yeah, yeah. He is dressing yeah. as a woman and it's Karen. He's asking to see the manager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I totally agree, Katie, that he thinks he's cool. He's doing this because he's seen D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper yeah, immediately became quite cool. So, like, I don't know whether, yeah, he'd be something like, he'd say something like, I'm in it for the money, honey, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like That he wants he'd... them to put in the film about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, will you read my screenplay? <laughs> That's why he's got no money. He's a fucking screenwriter. <laughs> he's really hoping he'll be on a podcast one day. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. If there's one thing this podcast has done, it's made criminals happy. No, that's not what we want. <laughs> I mean, it sort of has. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You guys are all on the right track with the... Yeah, with the vibe. Um, and there's there's other quotes that I didn't write down, but he it's it's a real like lady. Let me tell you something. So he says, "Lady, I'm not here to hurt anyone. I'm here to give the pilot a message." Ooh. So he gives the flight attendant a message. She takes it to the pilot. I what, don't like know he writes it down. He whispers it in her ear. What's the no, message? No, he had a he had a written message. Oh, okay. That I oh, think I like the pre-written. idea. It was just a fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little cupcake. <laughs> I don't know when this got so um, uh, scatological and apologies. It was my no. fault. Yeah, it was Katie. It was Katie. But Taylor Taylor the bathroom. <laughs> I said bathroom, so I'm responsible. So, yeah. Uh, the flight attendant gives the note to the pilot. I don't know what it said exactly, but it, the gist is, hello, I'm a hijacker. I'm on the plane. I'm on the plane, so land it. So the pilot announces that due to a passenger being ill, they're turning the plane around and landing back in St. Louis. Huh. <laughs> and it just went, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know what, what, why he was ill. Was, <laughs> came out of his yeah. butt. He, Someone has blocked the toilet and we have to turn around. <laughs> he joined the pile high club, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that businessman that was sitting in seat 7A. Yes, it's that new It's guy this blonde the... lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the cool hair. <laughs> and terrible naturally mouths. curly hair. <laughs> Um, so they land back in St. Louis. McNally instructs the crew to let certain people off the plane. Who does he let off? Women and children. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. man. He's really going for this. Yeah. Okay. It's the, like the benign side of sexism. Yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. so, aren't we grateful for this? Yay. Yeah. yeah. So it all starts, yeah, very Titanic. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is he starts to doubt all this. Like, he kind of realizes that he's bitten off way more than he can chew. He's like, oh my God, you know? So then he starts feeling really bad and he starts letting other people go. So the order was women and children, uh, but then, yeah, old people, but actually anybody with a heart condition, actually anybody on medication. Oh, <laughs> wow. Keeps, so everyone so- lines up, they're like, me. <laughs> And then oh, he's sort of wow. It's the like, very well, opposite I... of a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this was is, there this anyone? Is... Was there anyone left on the plane? <laughs> so you get to the point where everyone had met one of Everyone's the categories. Everyone's got like, a heart condition. I'm when a it's... pilot, and he's like, "Oh shit, this is just me in a plane on my own." <laughs> Honestly, this is, this is what would happen if ever if I ever hijacked a plane. <laughs> I I just don't have the self confidence to follow through. I want to be in the the hijacking that you're doing. Yeah, it it wouldn't be a hijacking. It would be someone for five minutes with a gun before they get very quickly apprehended. (laughs) Do you remember that picture that bloke put on that, like, the guy sort of hijacked a plane? It was a few years ago, and the guy took a selfie with him because he was just, like, not really following through. I mean, I guess he was following through, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was a selfie of him with with the hijacker. Oh, right. That was me saying hijackings don't really happen anymore. This one did. But I don't think, I mean, I think they sorted it mm. out. They didn't, nothing happened, but. I mean, yeah, it was great for Insta. <laughs> yeah, got to get those likes. <laughs> hashtag content, hashtag hijacking. <laughs> McNally still needs hostages, so he keeps behind 15 men plus the flight crew. And he demands that the captain um, take off again and circle around the airport while the banks get his money. How much money do you think he asked for? Two million dollars. Two million dollars. Okay. I just can't help thinking that, like, and this is, I'm being sexist here, but I can't help thinking that, like, if he's going to get overpowered by anyone, it may well be 15, like, healthy men because we know they haven't got any conditions like why not why not just fucking get get all the kids people love kids keep all the kids on the flight and and the old people and then he can also like 10 million yeah i want the fittest 100 percent. only keep people on the plane that you could take in a fight um that's where he's going wrong that's interesting top tip (laughs) yeah but i'm gonna say 
10 million because I think I think he doesn't quite know what he's bitten off. So he's maybe not okay. done the research as to how much money they even have in the... This this might give you a steer just because I know when we ask how much, it's like how long is a piece of string. D.B. Cooper asked for $200,000. Okay. Well, if anyone wants to change their answer <laughs> to say... I, I think he's going to ask for $400,000. I think he wants exactly double... Ooh, okay. I'm going to change my answer from two million to exactly what D.B. Cooper asked for because he's okay. like he's a proper copycat. Okay. And he thinks and think, that worked. I think I'm going to go for half of that because just the way that he crumbled as soon as they landed, it makes me think that he was kind of like... It's like when I... Yeah, when you try and negotiate being paid for something, you're like, oh, it's fine, I'll do it for 50 quid. So. <laughs> What's fair, 200? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think half, he- I think 100. Okay. Izzy, you are officially the closest. He asked for $500,000. Very close. Plus plus $2,000 spending money. What the f... Why isn't that... Why isn't it all spending money? (laughs) It's like... Plus expenses. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell is that? He's an accountant's dream. That's like he's got like he's pigeonholed all of that money, but he still needs two thousand. What's he doing with the other money that it isn't spending? Like that's all going on a house straight away. Well, so... follow follow up question: What does he do with the two grand? Why did he ask for that separately? Oh, is that to give to the hostages for their trouble? It well, it literally is. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Well, the oh. flight the flight crew he gave it to them as a tip. <laughs> Wow! Why couldn't he deduct that from his mad four hundred five hundred thousand? Look, that's his earnings. He wants he wants a separate. I just love like Americans love to tip so much that we even tip <laughs> in a hostage situation. Like, is it ten percent or has it like? <gasps> oh that's a God, shitty yeah. tip, isn't it? Because that is not ten percent of half tip. a million. Not so at all. He needed to. I mean, maths is impossible. We know this, but he needed to give them more than two thousand dollars. Minimum fifty grand. Like, that's for a lunch. I mean, when they later <laughs> sue the airline for the trauma, they're going to get way more than that. It's just such funny thinking, like, this will make it worth your while. This will, You'll have a great story for your friends and a little money it's in your like, pocket. It's almost kind, but it's so fucking weird. Mm. Yeah. I, I maybe he, sorry, is he Maybe gone? he thought, maybe he thought that if he gave them a tip, they wouldn't, like, bear witness against him in court. Right. He's trying to win them over Stockholm yeah. Syndrome style. Yeah. yeah, but can you buy can you buy Stockholm Syndrome? Isn't that the, the phrase? I mean, that's, that's even a, a song. That's a great point. So you have to earn that Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. you got to earn Stockholm you got to properly traumatise them and yeah. then let them have a wee. Yeah. I love it. And then when they're describing him, they're just describing like, is it Abraham Lincoln who's on the um, dollar bill? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it him? Is he on but the Can you imagine no, being but... one of the flight attendants? How badly you'd have to be treated in your life to be like, do you know what? I was really sad when he whipped out the gun, but he did give me some money. So I, I don't think I want to testify. <laughs> Lincoln maybe, five. Maybe he <laughs> added the, the tip money at the last minute. It wasn't part of the original plan, and it wasn't actually a tip as compensation for the hijacking. It was for the terrible dump that he did in the bathroom. <laughs> um, and yeah. he was remembering that and like, oh, I'd better... Someone like, had to clear that up and he felt yeah. bad. But, yeah. but, but actually, joking aside, it does feel like an add-on that you would make when you're realising that these are real people that you're fucking with. Mm-hmm. So it is a bit like shit got real and it's like, oh my God, actually, maybe I should do something nice for these people that I'm sort of terrorizing. Like it actually does feel like a last minute idea. It still yeah, feels do a bit you know cheapskate though. Like if you're just throwing any number into the ether, <laughs> like put it in a bag. Like, But he's fumbling. He's slightly, he's, he's free falling, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, that's an interesting point. I wonder if he did think of it in the moment or if it was planned um he also demanded some items what do you think he would have demanded what does he need to pull this off parachutes excellent sorry i'm still thinking about the fact that he tipped <laughs> <laughs> kevin crone i'm thinking 
if he's tipping the cabin crew, is he also tipping the hostages, like the passengers? From what I read, just the just the crew. Oh, okay. Because if he was doing that, because it's just the men, that's just contributing mm. to the pay gap that they have. That's <laughs> pretty big in the late sixties. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. It is not feminist to tip those male hostages. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, did he uh, did he demand like another wig because he was kind of like they know what I look like now? My jumping wig. Yeah, yeah. some fake eyebrows, <laughs> straight up in the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I will I will tell you just to move us on. He requested goggles and an altimeter which measures altitude. So good library research. He knew what to ask for. It's about midnight now. McNally has all of his stuff the plane's been refueled and he's about to head back up they're about to take off again and he's going to fly into the proverbial sunset however a man called david hanley was watching the news coverage of the hostage situation from one of the airport terminals where they were and he's so enraged by what he sees and he knows it's happening right out the window he decides to take matters into his own hands what does david hanley do to Does try he to stop this? Run out to the runway and start shooting the plane. Okay. Very he... reasonable guess. <laughs> it Does really he cling... is. Does he cling? Run out onto the runway and like jump up onto the plane and like cling onto one of the wings Ooh, or something, like the Twilight Zone thing, and only the only the hostage keeper can see him. I'm afraid I don't know that reference. They did it in The Simpsons. I've added to it. That's not what Izzy said. <laughs> You know the gremlin, <laughs> that, and only Bart can see it on the school bus. But there's a Twilight Zone episode where somebody's oh, is that flying. Where that's from? I didn't realize that was a Twilight Zone. Okay, well there you, go. there you go. Does he become a sort of unofficial negotiator? Maybe because you have negotiators in this situation. <gasps> so he calls don't you? bullshit. Oh, that's a great. That's a great image of somebody like well, we're gonna need. I mean, that's basically Die Hard, guys. I've seen it. Hey! <laughs> Finally, I'm just gonna do that. But I love the uh, idea of like a, a negotiator who's just genuinely angry with what this person has done. Like that would be great. I mean, I've rarely felt that passionate about anything. So you got to admire his chutzpah. Well, he um, he does go out under the runway, but he goes out in his car which is a Cadillac Eldorado and if you've ever seen one of these there it's a big old tank um somehow he gets onto the runway again just no security and he speeds full speed towards the plane what which could have caused an enormous explosion which would help nobody <laughs> but somehow the plane doesn't explode. The car gets wedged under the plane. He doesn't die. He has severe injuries, but he lives. They treat his injuries. And now the plane can't take off. So, okay, I feel like my gunshot suggestion is basically the correct answer. I think you're the closest. <laughs> Although, in a way, trying to stick to it is kind of what he did in a car. His car is definitely stuck. Um, but, oh my God, just this guy... That's so fucking odd. It's very odd. Like he's endangered all of those people. I think he might have had other issues. I'm just gonna throw that into the ring. Yeah. That there's some baggage here. Also, how easy is it to fucking drive onto the (laughs) what? Well, it was the early seventies. Apparently, it was easy as and this is the lowest security airport, right? Or yeah. Yeah, he had sussed this out, and boy, he he chose the right one. Um, I feel like he was just waiting there, right, for just a fucking hijacking, because he's like, I've got a plan. I know what I'm going to do as soon as. But, like, as well, like, as Taylor says, he had issues. What on earth is he projecting onto this situation that he's like, right, here we go. And how unimportant is his flight that he's like, fuck it, I'm going to drive my car into the... I guess no flights were taken off because there's a hostage situation, but he's still in the terminal, and he's allowed to leave the terminal, so they're not holding people there it's just all crazy El Dorado amazing everyone in this story is sort of pretending to be in a film like the hijacker for a start is trying to be some other hijacker this guy's like I'll be the negotiator (laughs) yeah yeah negotiate this motherfucker exactly there's the line (laughs) oh my goodness um what does what does the FBI do now that this this plane is grounded and I can get some fire engines? I'm assuming <laughs> some okay. first aiders. Well, yeah, they do. There's definitely first aid coming to the scene. 
I feel like Uncle Uncle Bob's going to make an appearance soon. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Uncle Bob. And I'm just getting a sexy vibe from Uncle Bob. So I think Uncle Bob turns up, machine gun in hand. We know there's a picture of him with a machine gun. Um, do you know where I fucked up? Is I forgot to tell you what Uncle Bob did. <laughs> uh, he, Uncle Bob has already done his job and I forgot to say what it was. Oh, <laughs> Dustin, Poor Dustin, really listening to this. Uncle Bob, if you're out there, he was in charge. I'm so sorry. He was in charge of transporting the 500,000 plus 2,000 to the scene. Okay. Uncle okay. Bob. My apologies for that. I've had a long day. Um, that's still cool, though. That is still wicked. Unless, of course, he was in the car with the 2,000, in which case, that's not that cool. But. <laughs> there was a separate car for the two grand. Yeah, no, they had Bob. to convoy. They were no. like, we, we cannot get any more than 100,000 in this tank. We're going to have to take the 2,000. Maybe Bob, the 2,000, the it. car with the 2,000 was with, like the little Euros car that brings the football onto the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, let's really belittle this hijacker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the FBI bring in another plane and they transfer the pilot and the crew and the hostages onto the new plane. I mean, if they could have surely just shot him on the tarmac on the route to the new plane. Well, he used them as human shields. Even uh, so, a good sniper could have got a shot. I feel this way too, Katie. I'm always amazed. Like, I know it's damage control, but I'm amazed at the lengths that they will go to just placate someone who's holding people hostage. Yeah. Like, get a whole new plane and everybody transfers on. So, it's I like, like they, they love there's... the drama. It's like or... they want the fucking TV coverage of the hijack. Like, it's, in... it's just insane. Like, I don't know. It yeah. just feels or like. Along with tipping culture, it's like, well, we got to get this guy, but we really value customer service and <laughs> yeah. he needs a plane. Yeah, it's bonkers. So, this new plane takes off. McNally's got all his gear, but he has trouble with something. What do you think he struggles with? Besides self esteem and intimacy. Is it his wig? <laughs> so he suddenly decided at this really inconvenient moment that actually blonde doesn't suit him. Yeah, and he needs. He has an existential crisis, and it's really does itchy. He, does he still have a wig on? Because you can't. He obviously didn't. I'm sure he didn't do a proper. We all know what it takes to put on a wig properly. Like you've got to have the the thing underneath, and you've got adhesive. Like I'm sure he didn't do all that when he transferred planes. Did it fly off? I have questions. I, we all have questions about the wig. Yeah, how windy was this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move us on just because I want to um, make sure that we get to the last questions. He's trouble putting on the parachute because you can read everything about a parachute in the library, but it doesn't mean it's easy to put it on. Well, that's why when you train to do parachuting, you have to duck and roll. You have to do the jump and everything off a little, you know, the gym thing. But the, you know, they make you do that in training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's kind of funny is that the whole crew were just sitting there watching him like fumble and fuck this up. And at one point he's like, can you help me? And they're like, well, oh no, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, <laughs> I've struggled to get into a pair of dungarees before though. So I do feel his pain. Like sometimes you're just like, there's too many buttons. There's too many flappy. Bits. I reckon it's the equivalent of getting a sports bra on. Okay. I really struggle with that. It's probably because I have the wrong size sports bra, but I really have to wrestle in swimsuits. Like, I just really have to... Oh, I'm wearing the wrong size. Never mind. This is my stuff. Uh, <laughs> his plan was to get all the way to Canada before he jumped, and then he the shovels, he was picturing jumping out of the plane just holding a shovel, and he was going to dig a hole and put the money in it, and he starts to realize, like, this is, this is crazy. I need to get out as soon as possible. I can't bring a shovel with me. What am I thinking? So he decides to jump there and then. Um, he straps the cash to his leg with some twine and he reinforces it with his belt um, and he jumps. So what happens next? So has the plane just left the... It's been... How, how far I'm away not, is he? I'm not sure how airport. far away it is. Uh, oh, I should know this because I he landed... Does he land in the back seat of the Cadillac? (laughs) (laughs) Right where he started. Does he land on Uncle Bob? (laughs) 
No, they're pretty far away at this point. They're over a, a different state. Well, they're near so Canada, right? Oh, but then no, they're not that near Canada, I guess. I think it was Indiana. Sorry, I didn't write this down, but I'm pretty sure it's Indiana at this point. Okay. If that helps. So what happens next? So he does jump. We? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he flew over my auntie's house. <laughs> nice. Hi. Does he I get mean, stuck in something? Okay. Does the parachute catch in like a really tall tree or does he land on the roof of a church or something? <laughs> That's a good guess. I like both of those images. <laughs> It does it, yeah. That feels like classic, like parachute <laughs> landing. Like you never like. Oh, I feel like I mean, hanging from a steeple. Oh. <laughs> is um, is Indiana? Is it landlocked? Yeah, there's no sea okay. on Indiana. It's a it's a maybe like there's a lakes. big lake. There's a I, few I, lakes. For some reason, I'm seeing water. I don't know why. Oh um, yeah, Lake Michigan. So maybe he, he, I think, I feel like he lands in water. Oh, lands in the water. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I mean, the fact that he's alive means he has to have at least partially succeeded with the parachute. It can't be that we he can't. We know he survived. Yeah. He, he doesn't It can't be die. that he can't work the parachute. Mm-hmm. So wait, your okay. question was what ha- So he jumps out and what happens? Yeah. How does the jump go is probably the way to ask You know what? Maybe he injures himself straight away, but he still lands and he's alive. Oh, also, does like literally, does the money just fall off his leg straight away because he tied it in twine? Ding, ding, and, ding, and ding. Yes! <laughs> and he makes it rain over Indiana. <laughs> yeah, it was water. It was. <laughs> it's, it's the rule of three in comedy because three funny things happen. First of all, his goggles fly off immediately. So he's just like blinking in the wind. Yeah, because you can detach your retinas just from a bungee jump. Mm-hmm. So he's like, eh, his eyes are shut. He pulls the parachute, but it shakes him so violently that the, the money just fucks off. It just flies <gasps> off. And then when he lands, he like hits his head really hard. Um, comedy in three I mean that is that is pretty slapstick it's a little slapstick if you were writing the screenplay of this that would be the note you'd get was this is too much this is like you're jumping the shark with all of this you're not Mel Brooks (laughs) redo this he lands in Indiana and he tries to go on the run how many days did it take the feds to find him one day three days one day it's been three days and two (laughs) naked ladies song (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think like it's 30 minutes of all the things to go wrong for this guy. I feel like where he hits his head on a police station, like he is. <laughs> yeah. It took them six days, but he was okay. almost caught earlier because he was hitchhiking his way across the country and a police officer picked him up and said, you want to be careful around here because there's a lot of excitement about. And McNally says, hey, yeah, I heard about that crazy hijacker <gasps> from the back seat. Oh, my God. I heard about that guy, that good-looking guy, that, that, that sexy <laughs> yeah, hijacker guy. quite a double he, bluff, isn't it? He wears his hair in different ways, and it all works on him, and he's I heard really that, good like, at putting money... on a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard the money was definitely on his leg when he landed, and so was the goggles. And I heard that he landed like on his feet and then did a backflip. But whatever, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Yeah, just. <laughs> um, McNally is uh, the FBI. Find him. He's sentenced to life in prison. Oh wow! The money is found, and that's where you go. And what do they do with it? Where does the money go when they find money? Where does the money go? On a big party for the police. I mean, you wonder. All that drugs and money just sitting in a warehouse. Where I'm slightly losing. Maybe I don't know enough about hijackings. Where does the money come from in the first place? Like, whose money is it? Well, actually, yeah, it's like government money, right? Yeah, they would have... I mean, there's got to be like a a federal Uh, bank. Yeah, they went around banks collecting it. Yeah. Maybe maybe there were so many plane hijackings, they just... Like, there was a... There's a a department of the treasury that's just like a hijacking fund. Specifically. Slush fund. You have, a, like, a withdrawal limit, so I don't know how many banks they had to go to to get, it, like, 10 pounds, 10 pounds. It's hijacking petty cash. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I did wonder about the logistics of that. Like, there's a, they're obviously prepared for this, especially after, you know, 130 times. So, yeah, they just know how to rustle the cash together. Funny how we can't do that for people in me- need, though. It's like, we yeah. just can't get it. It's mm, one anyway. rule for one. 
Isn't so it? they don't just take the money back to the bank that they came yeah, from. Yeah, like, is That's it like boring, it's allocated? It? You know, like how in offices, if you don't spend the same amount of money, the budget's lower the next year. <laughs> like, we can't give it back. We won't get enough, like, terrorist money next year. We have to quickly spend this. I mean, I guess they probably just give it back, but for some reason, I just don't buy that at all. <laughs> like, no, it didn't go back. It went into the dark web or yeah. wherever it goes. Um, so he's sentenced to life in prison. Um, just a little fact about some years into his sentence, he met another hijacker in prison and they actually tried to stage an escape involving a helicopter, but it, it didn't work out. And then eventually he was let out on good behavior. He is still alive. The reason we know so much about this is because he did do an interview with a podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and told the whole story. Um, yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's obviously older now. Did you tell uh, them all about like when he shit himself in the toilet? <laughs> yeah. It's weird because he opened with that. He's like, it started with a shit. It's like a rom-com. Started with a shit. shit. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. Here's to the American dream, guys. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. To the American dream. (laughs) Dustin, thanks so much for sending that in. Uncle Bob, I'm sorry I forgot to say you drove the money. Good job driving the money. Also, um, if anybody else has like any older crimes in their family where their family members are yeah. like, you know, possibly not the victim. We don't want to delve into that for you. But like, you know, just anything. I always find it fun if there's like a kind of link between. Yeah. Uh, tell us you know, about one your of our cop uncles and aunties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've had a couple because we had someone write in that said that like their great, great grandfather was a murderer but there just wasn't enough sometimes there just isn't enough information to kind of do it but i was like oh this is so interesting like imagine having that in your family and so send it in but only if there's lots of detail for us on the internet that's easily accessible (laughs) i've been drinking drunk women solving crime it's time for our listener crime guys hello drunk women in aberystwyth at uni we lived in a first by the way for other listeners that is in wales and it's a lovely old town Aberystwyth. Um, at uni, we lived in a first floor flat. I don't know why I suddenly worked for the Welsh tourism board there. But... No, that's good. You know, good, good. But if I heard that name and I'd never traveled there, I'd be like, what? Aberystwyth? Like, is that in Scotland? No, also, it's in Wales. A, a crime is about to take place in Aberystwyth as well. So we maybe so we needed to do the groundwork. Chat on the tourism angle. <laughs> And it's a very, it's an interesting one. Um, we lived in a first floor flat on a central street. It was there that we regularly witnessed two men who would take it in turns to poke their heads out of the skylight of the flat opposite and fling used tampons into the road. Wait, the guys are flinging what? used tampons. The guys, two men. Where are, are they getting used tampons them from? This is exactly the question that we need to solve. Oh, okay. um, She says, we know they were used because sometimes they would land on my car if it was parked directly below. It wasn't a targeted attack, though. The throws were random and would land indiscriminately on other cars in the vicinity. Our theories were as follows. They were students playing a hilarious joke. We discounted this. However, as they were in their 30s, didn't attempt to hide what they were doing and definitely didn't seem to be having fun. In fact... They gave off the distinct air of it being a chore. Um, they ran a business and didn't want to pay for sanitary waste disposal, so got around the problem by projectile fly tipping. This is excellent storytelling, by the way. Very good, very good. <laughs> but there weren't enough tampons to convince us of this. They lived with a woman who was really embarrassed about putting them in the bin, so they were helping her out. Discounted mostly because we never saw a woman. None of our theories held up, so this remains a great mystery, please. Can you help from Claire? Well, okay. I have like a wit. Like, is it definitely, definitely used tampons and not some kind of pranky substitute? Because when I was at university, okay. the girls on my—I think I've told you guys this, but maybe not on the podcast—where okay, so girls in my first year halls of residence thought it'd be really funny to prank the boys that were, there were about half girls, half boys. There was like fourteen of us in total. The boys were quite laddie, kind of football yay kind of lads. So the girls, and I was just more of a witness, but this one girl got 
a tampon, a clean tampon, put it in the ketchup bottle, got it kind of covered in ketchup and then put it on the floor of our communal bathroom and just left it there. And we knew the boys were all going to come in and see it there. Everyone's like, like in the kitchen in audible distance of the bathroom going, oh my God, what are the boys going to say when they come in? And then the boys came in and like absolutely freaked out and like one of them shouted, which one of you dirty bitches did this? And And it was actually like you know quite misogynistic but like <laughs> and then the girls were like oh i say it was I this, smell misogyny it was this great prank oh right yeah men think women are disgusting i've just remembered um so that that happened but like is there any chance that the tampons were not really used tampons and it was like someone from my university that's a really good <laughs> question really good question I feel like if one had landed on your car, you as a woman, yeah. you know when it's you know when it's fake, don't you? Yeah. But it's a good point, and what a couple like, of losers! You know? If it was, I mean, if it was not real menstrual blood, well, even if it was, here's my theory. Okay, they worked. They worked for Witch magazine, and they were <laughs> testing. Testing how far because they do this at Witch Magazine. They like they test things in a way that you would never use them. So they like they go, oh, this toaster. Let's keep throwing it against a wall and see how many times we do that before it breaks. So maybe we're seeing how far can these tampons fly and which is the best one for flying. And you know, therefore, that is the most robust tampon and. We can tell our readers about this. Yes. I mean, yeah. Hannah, I defy you to come up with a better explanation. Yes. Genuinely don't think I can top that. Like, that, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I think we've, so- I think this might be Claire, one of the first time they we've worked solved it. for which. Cheers. Yeah, You're welcome. Cheers. <laughs> Yay. So great. Tired of tampons that can't withstand a few stories. Yeah. <laughs> This one is which is a which best buy? <laughs> Tested oh, by yeah. our highly professional two men in a top floor flat. <laughs> Can even land on your car. It's fine. <laughs> so that's so great. Oh, what a weird old story that we solved the shit out of. And on that note, Izzy, can you please tell us? Where can we find you? What are you up to? What would you like our listeners to know about you? Uh, well, I have nothing to plug. Except my genius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if people don't know I'm misquoting Oscar Wilde, that would sound really wanky. Oh, they must know. <laughs> Come on, people. Or is it more wanky if I'm misquoting Oscar Wilde? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'm working on a few things that aren't at plugging stage, but people can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at, um, at IzzyMan, I-double-Z-Y-M-A-N-T. Can you give us any clues about them? Um, I'm writing a early thing. Okay. Um, and I'm writing a book thing. Okay. <laughs> clues. Those are good <laughs> clues. I remember Izzy because you've clues. You've, I think you've already told me about the book, and um, I was about to go. Oh yeah, it's about. And I'm like, ah, but we're not saying. <laughs> remember when she said? <laughs> well, that's very intriguing. Um, Izzy, you've been, you've made a very fine detective. So thank you so much for being with us. So that all that's left to say is thank you very much, Izzy Man. Izzy. We solved everything because we come together and solve. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.